open at page 1205, 2 Peter 3. So, uh, I mean, 1 Peter 3, I'm sorry, 1 Peter 3. So, if you'll open your copy of God's Word, and like I said, there's a Bible there in the pew for you if you need it. And if you don't have a Bible, you're free to take that one. And uh, we're glad that you are with us this morning. How many of you are glad you're here? Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. I agree. Uh-oh. I had cl- set my clock so I'd finish on time, and now uh, I don't have it right, so let me refix it. This is the only way I can stay on track, so I appreciate y'all's understanding. Um, I'm glad you're here. We're gonna, I'm going to read this passage, 1 Peter chapter 3, verses, it says verses 1 through 7. I'm going to read it, but I'm only going to preach on 1 through 6, and you'll understand that as I, as I get to it. So 1 Peter 3. And chapter, uh, chapter 3, verses 1 through 7. Likewise, uh, if you want to stand up with me, that'd be great. Um, I'll wait for you to do that. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. When they see your respectful and pure conduct, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair, putting on of gold jewelry, or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. Would you bow with me once again in prayer? Father, in Jesus' name, we just ask for your help. Um, Lord, give me the words to speak that you want me to speak. And uh, give us hearts to hear. Open our eyes to behold wonderful things out of your word. Lord, we ask you to rebuke the devourer for us. Our enemy that would come against us. The spiritual wickedness in high places. And powers and earthly uh, things, God. That we might hear your pure word in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, you can be uh, being seated. I, I have to confess when the Lord laid it on my heart. To preach through First Peter, this is why some preachers don't preach through First or through the a Bible book because they come to a sticky passage. So when he asked me to preach through First Peter, he made me conveniently forget the beginning of chapter three because <laughs> we're going to we're going to cuss and use the S word today. Submit, okay? Um, and actually, it's already uh, uh, appeared here before because because I want you to notice. That's literally true. God just asked me, you know, I felt like 1 Peter is what I need to preach about. Next, preach out of. And then in his sovereign and humorous will, he brought this passage on this day. So I didn't have to, I didn't have to go anywhere else to find it. Um, and, and so I, I do appreciate that. And it is Mother's Day. I'm making a joke out of something that, that I think is, is very, very serious. And that is... Um, this passage. I mean, this passage is a serious passage. Um, the, the problem that we have, and the reason I even make a joke about it, is because uh, uh, for years it's been misunderstood, it's been misused, it's been misapplied, and it's been even used uh, for, some, for, for evil things. And so I have no desire to add to any confusion, uh, and, I, and I pray God will give us clarity today, because 
uh, it doesn't say what many people think it says, okay? Um, and, and I don't want to say that about the Word of God other than that fault is on us. God was clear. We just uh, have heard people misuse things. And so we're only going to cover the wives today. Men, we're going to hit us next week, okay? Um, and, and when you see all of this in totality, it makes a beautiful picture. In Ephesians, Paul says it's a picture of Christ and the church. And in, in Ephesians 5.21, he says, submit to one another in, in the fear of God. And so, some people take that verse and say, see, men are supposed to submit to their wives as well. But that's not what he's saying. He just defined the different roles of a man and a woman in marriage, a husband and a wife. And the man submits to God by doing what God gave him to do. The woman submits to God by doing what God gave her to do. And if you both are doing that, you've got a beautiful, harmonious, loving relationship. Okay, got at least one amen. Thank the Lord. Praise the Lord. Your wife is blessed. Be blessed. All right. So, um, so I hope, men, you'll come back next week for the rest of the story, uh, as Paul Harvey would say. But I want you to take this home with you today. And that is just as Christ shows submission to God's will, so should husbands and wives show submission to doing what God gave us to do. Do, do you understand that Jesus said, I am subject or submissive to the will of my Father? He never acted independently in his body while he was here. When, when, when he was born of Mary till he died on the cross, he never acted independently except for what his father told him to do. That's his own testimony in the book of John. I encourage you to read the book of John. You'll see it. He says, I do what, what the father tells me to do. I say what the father tells me to speak. I do nothing of my own initiative. If you think I've gone too far... Jesus said with his own mouth, I do nothing of my own initiative. I do what the Father sent me to do. Well, we are called to obey like Christ. Isn't that right? And I mentioned Ephesians 5 where, it talks, where he talks about husbands and wives. And we find the same word of submission of wives to husbands. But then he says, I'm not talking about husbands and wives. I'm talking about Christ and the church. I ask you a simple question. Should Christ submit to the church? Obviously not. So, uh, in that way... We get a clear picture. We do what God called us to do. And Christ always does what he is supposed to do, right? He never doesn't do the right thing, does he? Right? That's not much conviction, but okay. So we should see it in that light that it is an obedience to God's word. And this word means to subordinate or to obey. Um, it's also used as the word subject. If you look back at chapter and verse 13 of chapter 2, be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to emperor as supreme, and he goes on. So he's using the same word for us as citizens. And we have a progress here, a progression of, of submission that we're seeing. Where first of all, we saw citizens to government, then we saw slaves to masters, and of course we apply that today as employees to their bosses, the employer. And then we see wives to husbands, and then husbands to God, and then all of us to obey God. Peter understands this idea of submission, he understands this, this realm of authority. And this word submit is used nine times in the New Testament I could find in the King, at least in the King James Bible. And uh, I'm reading out the uh, English Standard Version, which also uses the word subject, which means the exact same thing. But, but I would point you to, and I'm not going to open the Bible to that, but you might jot it down, Luke 2, 51 and 52. 
This is the story of Jesus at the temple at 12 years old. And he's talking to the teachers. And they're all amazed. They said, how's this 12-year-old know more than we do? Well, because he helped write it, obviously. And, uh, but they, they didn't catch that. And when his mom and dad found him and said, what are you doing? Said, didn't you know I had to be about my father's business? And then in verse 51, it says, so Jesus returned with Mary and Joseph and submitted to them. Exactly. Stunned silence. Wait a minute. Jesus submitted himself to humans? Yeah, to his mom and dad. And guess what the next verse says? And he grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. When you submit yourself to God's authorities and do what God calls us to do, then God is pleased. And we'll see that in this passage. God, I'm not going to do the negatives except when I come to them. Uh, and by negatives, I mean the misunderstood parts. But I want you to catch, out, catch the first uh, verse here. And that is, and, and I want to give this a title, a woman's motivation moves in God's will. You have a motivation to submit, and the, and the submission brings about the obedience of a disobedient husband. Look what it says in verse 1, likewise wives. Now, let, let me pause here. I didn't plan to say this, but I, 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 I got to put it back in context. If you see the word therefore or likewise, you see what it's there for, right? Well, what did he just finish talking about? He just finished talking about the suffering of Christ at the will of his father. And then he says, likewise, you wives submit to the will of your husband. You say, well, you don't know my husband. No, I don't. And if he's as bad as you say, I'm sorry. <laughs> and so is he, right? But notice this. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands so that even if they do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. Now, some people say, see, he's only talking to women of lost husbands. And then, and then some would say, all wives. And, and I would be in that category because he says, even if they don't obey. And so, what Peter is driving at is, how do you bring about the salvation of your husband? And he's going to say, by submission to his leadership. Now, if you're a Christian husband, and I will just dip into the men's side for a second, you are supposed to give loving, kind, merciful, understanding leadership to your wife. And if you did that, then they would be more than happy to cooperate with you. But God made us to work together and, and somebody's got to be the lead. And God called on men to be the lead. And there's a lot of theology behind that and throughout the scripture. And I only got a few minutes, so I can't get into all that today. But I want you to notice in these verses, it, it also says in verse 1 and 2, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. Remember, I'm talking about a woman's motivation is to move in the will of God. And when she does, God begins to answer some prayers. I don't know if a, a woman with a lost husband doesn't pray for her husband's salvation. I mean, that's what she wants. And here Peter says, you can win them without a word by what you do. And, and just so I would give myself a little note here to know what to talk about. I wrote, the time for talk is over. You can witness to them verbally, and that's fine. 
But when they see you acting like Christ, they know this is real. See, you may have asked yourself a question here. And if you didn't, don't worry, I didn't either. But somebody pointed this out to me. Women get six verses and men get one. Now, that just doesn't seem fair, does it? Think about the day in which Peter is writing. We have to sometimes put scripture in context to understand it even better. And that is this. A woman was expected to follow the God of her husband. Whoever her husband worships, she ought to worship him. And there are plenty of Roman and Greek gods in their day that those men were following, especially in Rome. And so for a woman to break out of that and follow Christ was a big deal. According to how serious that guy was about his God. Some of them were pretty serious. Some of them, eh, well, it's what everybody does, so I'm doing it too. And so she is having to show Christ to him by her life because he's worshiping another God and he is not going to come to church and listen to a sermon. He's not going to open his Bible and read it. He is disobedient to the word of God, it says right there in verse 1. And so God has given women a detailed instruction because especially in that day, she had very little power authoritatively to do anything in that marriage. And so Peter's saying, you want to get your husband on board so this will be a lot better. Here's how you do it. Show him what Jesus looks like. Show him a picture. I don't know about, I can, I can read a book, I can comprehend what it's saying. But I, I'm not real good sometimes like, mechanical drawings and stuff people say well you know right around that bend and the building goes like I I don't know that I got to go and look at it to understand it you could write it down I go that's interesting but I don't know what that means but when I see it I get it anybody okay that's what he's saying women show your husband what Jesus looks like nobody want to come to Jesus if you make him look horrible and a lot of people go to church that's why they don't want to follow Jesus because you and I are in that church, right? It is said, I don't know how true it is because I didn't look it up, but that Mahatma Gandhi said, I would have followed Christ if it had not been for Christians. Yeah, sometimes that happens. You see, your life as a wife and a mom can show the reality of Christ. Because a woman's mindset is her most beautiful feature. Look in verse 2. When they see your respectful and pure conduct, let them see that. And then verse 3, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair, putting on of gold jewelry, or the clothing you wear. But let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is in God's sight a, is very precious. Now, let me say what this does not say. Because a lot of people misapply this. Number one, he does not say, women, you don't get a choice in this and you've got to obey your husband no matter what. If it's illegal, immoral, wrong, no, you don't. And if, if he's abusive, especially physically abusive, you need to call your daddy. If you don't got a daddy, call me. Because that's less than a man. He, he's not worthy of the name. And he needs to understand the ways of God more thoroughly. <laughs> but notice what he's telling the wife to do as much as is possible. And, and we read here about an external adornment. And, and I've known churches and denominations 
They just say women ought to not wear makeup and jewelry. Really? All the evidence of Scripture lets us know that godly women have worn makeup and jewelry, okay? It's not a bad thing. He's not telling you not to do that. He said don't depend on that. We live in a culture of youth, don't we? An actress is the hottest thing going until she's 25, and then there's a new one. I mean, all you got to do is just read some of the. Very few women have longevity in the celebrity world. It's because there is this false picture of what beauty is. Um, there's a verse in Proverbs that I really love. Uh, I think it's in Proverbs 31. And it, and it goes like this. It's, well, it actually says this exactly. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, which means worthless. But a woman who fears God, she shall be praised. That is, a, that is a very important scripture. Because your redeemed heart is going to be the most beautiful thing he's going to see. If you let God move in your heart. I, the, the lady who taught my sister piano. When I was in high school, I went back and took piano again. I took it when I was a little kid and didn't practice. Took it when I was in high school and I didn't practice. So I can't play the piano. But the lady was in her 80s when I was there. And she just, she said, you know, I've just quit wearing makeup and jewelry because of what I read here. I said, it's okay. You can do that. No, 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 I'm not going to do it. It's not telling you not to do it. It's telling you don't let that be what you think of as beauty. Your beauty has to come from what is internal. And I know we, we tell people that, oh, you're beautiful on the inside and out. And most of us are only concerned about what we look like on the outside, right? Do we spend as much time working on the inner man as we do on the outer? I mean, I, I exercise pretty regularly. But I do it because I want to stay healthy enough to do what I'm doing right now. Because the older I get, the harder this is. You understand me? I, told you, I think it was last week I told you, or I said it somewhere else, but, you know, exercise is only going to make me look good in a coffin. Because I'm going to die. And so he's saying that, inter- that, that interior man is growing. Paul said is growing more and more every day. And so he says, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with imperishable beauty. That beauty goes on into heaven with you of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is in God's sight very precious. Now, he's not saying be quiet and sit still. He's saying a calm spirit. Did you know the Bible says that in quietness and confidence will be your strength? That's for all of us. That's not just for women. And when you are calm and quiet and you you have the joy of Jesus with you, then that will help win your husband to the Lord. But notice the ending phrase there in verse 4. It's very important to see this. Which is in God's sight. Which in God's sight is very precious. You want to please God? Have a gentle spirit. And gentleness is not weakness. It's power under control. You take that power. You control it. And you are quietly confident in the Lord. And God says... Thank you for trusting me. I'm going to take care of you. And then thirdly, I want you to see that a woman's models are found in godly women. God's watching you. God knows where you are. And if you follow God's will, he sees what's happening to you. And he will answer those prayers. I've seen him do it. 
some women have to get away to be safe, and I understand that. And I, I would help you if that were the case. But notice what he says in verse 5, because I, I didn't quite understand this, so I studied this a this, uh, little bit better. For this is how the holy women, notice that is plural word. It doesn't say woman, it says women, but he only says one woman. But I'll tell you what I think he is pointing to because he's using a brevity of words. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves with that gentle and quiet spirit by submitting to their own husbands as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. Now, boy, you you thought the word submit was tough. (laughs) You know, uh, if you watch uh, like old historical TV shows, movies from like the 1700s or past that, the wives are always saying, my Lord, and they say, my lady, all that stuff. But notice holy women. Let me address that first. And then he named Sarah. Well, Sarah had a daughter-in-law, and Sarah's son, Isaac, is the second patriarch of the Jewish religion. So, Rebecca. And then they have two sons, and Jacob becomes the third patriarch of the Jewish nation. And he had two wives, Leah and Rachel. So he's probably thinking about these five women because their husbands were not heads. I mean, we, we talk, the only good thing Abraham ever did was trust God, but he, he didn't trust him far enough because he told his wife, Don't, man, you, you're hot, man. If we go into Egypt and they see you, they're going to kill me just to get you. So tell them you're my sister so they don't kill me. And she said, okay. And God protected her. He did it twice, not just once, but twice. And both times God protected her and had to let Abraham know, I got you, don't do that. You see, submission is voluntary. It's not abusive. It's, and, and you don't do anything that's illegal or immoral. I've said that, I'm going to say it again. Submission is a voluntary thing on you. You can obey God and submit. And if you're in danger, you need to get out of danger. But that's that role God gave you and submission doesn't mean to cower down and all that it means to follow with your husband if you got a wise husband he's going to listen what you say because y'all can think differently than us and many times in a better way to show us things that we will miss that would bring danger but when did Sarah call Abraham Lord that's an interesting point we only have it recorded once so why could he say it it happened when they were under the oaks at Mamre. And, jo- and Abraham and got the tent, the family there. They're sitting there. And Jesus and two angels come up. And they're going to Sodom and Gomorrah to destroy them. And so after he sends the angels on, Jesus says, should, should I say what's going to happen? But he says to Abraham, you and your wife a year from today will have a baby. And Sarah was inside, kind of listening out, and she laughed and said, Can my husband give me a child? But she didn't say husband. Can my Lord give me a child when we're both so old? That's where she called him Lord. And Abraham submitted to God's will. And, of course, Jesus said, Why are you laughing in there, Sarah? <laughs> I mean, yes, yeah, Sarah. He said, I didn't laugh. Say, said, Oh, yeah, you did. I'm telling you, a year from now, you're going to have a baby. So they named that child Laughter, Isaac. You see, look at the last thing he says here in verse 6. And you are her children. 
You follow in her footsteps. You become like her if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. Don't be afraid. Be bold in your faith. Be bold in your witness, especially in your family. God has given that to you to nurture and to care for. You're our children and you're to have no fear because God knows where you are. Now, again, this has been used to abuse women. It's been misunderstood and mistranslated, missed everything. Because we will learn next week, the husband has to be submissive to God and care for his wife. The duty of the man was to take care of his wife. And in fact, biblically, grounds for divorce is that he does not take care of her. And so we have that responsibility to act like Christ acts toward his church in taking care of her and protecting her and doing, giving what she needs and understanding what she needs. But ladies, today, and I, and I hope you didn't, didn't sound like I was fussing, I, I, I want you to understand that God has given you a specific role. It's not a lesser role. It's just a different role. Because in the Christian faith, we believe they're men and they're women, and that's it. And he's given men a job, and he's given women a job. And when those two come together in marriage, you make a team that can't be beaten. And so I'm talking to the women today, but trust me, guys, we got a bigger job to do. They just got to follow us. Us chowderheads got to figure out where we're going. You ever seen that ball cap with two brims that says, I'm their leader. Which way did they go? Well, sometimes you might feel that way. And a loving wife will help you find God's will for you together. Notice the word submission. Under a mission. Sub is under mission. Now, I'm not sure that's exact definition. But if you're not on a mission, how are you going to submit to it? Right, guys? You, you need to take your family on a mission for God. To live out loud, for God, out loud for God. And if you do that, your wife would be glad to follow loving leadership. Well, how can you apply it? First of all, live in such a way you show the excellencies of Christ. That's not just for you ladies. Guys, that's us too. We ought to live out loud for Jesus. We ought to live our lives in such a way people can see Jesus in us. God is showing me more and more areas I don't look like Jesus. And I'm asking him to help me in those. Make sure your inner person is more taken care of than your outer person. How much time do you spend on the outer? You ought to spend at least that much time or more on the inner. Because that is the true person. This body is going in a grave. I don't know what I'm going to look like in heaven. I'm getting a new body up there. I know you'll know who I am, but I don't know if I'll look like this. I certainly hope not too much like this. No, I'm teasing, but, but God's going to give us a new body. You know, we, we, we divide into races, you know, black, white, brown. I don't know what other colors there are, but we use terms like that. You don't know what color I am. My last church, we had an African-American lady start coming to our church. She'd been in an African-American church in our city. And she really liked us. She joined us, and it was awesome. And one day she told me that some of her friends, she had seen them and they said, hey, we haven't seen you in a while. She said, I joined this church down there. They said, I thought that was a white church. She said, no, I think it's brick. (laughs) You don't know what I look like. You just know the house I live in right here. But this house is going to be torn down. God's going to build a new one. And I'm looking forward to that day. 
So make sure the inner person, because that's what's going to meet Jesus, is right. And then thirdly, submission puts you in a position of God's protection. He's watching you. And he sees that. And he will send the gracious help that you need to do God's will. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, we love you. We thank you. Lord, uh, the world tells us to ignore things like this. The world uh, says that we're abusive or, or uh, tries to, to say things that you didn't say. You didn't say for men to be uh, aggressive rulers of their wives. You, you told, you're going to tell us to lovingly lead them. Not to drive them, not to abuse them, but to lead them, to show them God's character and God's way of leading. And so, Lord, today we've been talking to the wives, but I pray that husbands have been listening and hearing that their role is to love their wife and to lead her in in a way everlasting. God, give us godly men. Give us godly women as husbands and wives. And, Lord, may we be careful Lord, in every situation, in every relationship we have on earth, there's, a, there's an authority and a follower. And you call us that when we find ourselves a follower, it's unequal. They have more authority than we have. And so we're called to submit under God to godly leaders. And if we have an ungodly leader, to submit as far as they lead us in a way that's not contrary to your will. And so this applies to us as citizens, applies to us as employees that applies to us as wives but also as husbands that we're in submission under God and when we don't act like you do Jesus we come under your judgment as men so Lord I pray for these precious ladies these wonderful moms that are here Lord some have gone through uh, a hell on earth and yet they're here trusting you believing in you and I pray God that you would bless them and help them and that you would speak to, to husbands who do not obey, who men who do not obey your word. And that, Lord, they would, they would get in line with you. Father, we thank you that this was your will. You said that you would make a helper that fit man perfectly so that the two of them could serve you together. And so, Lord, we pray for that in our families of our church. That, that instead of looking for a way out, we're looking for a way up. And that we, we are trying to follow your will, whatever that takes. Lord, we need absolute surrender to your will. And so we pray that for ourselves and ask you, Lord, to grant it because only you can help us with that. With our heads bowed and eyes closed, it's kind of a, a, a message. You, you might not know how to respond or you might not want to respond publicly, but I want to invite you here in this moment. Our time is, is past, but I want you to just right now quietly ask yourself, am I following God's will? If you're not following Christ, if you don't know him as Lord and your Savior, then today you need to make that, that choice for him. And I'm praying that the Holy Spirit convicts us of our own need. Lord, even those of us who follow you, there are areas of our life that we're not like you. Help us to submit those to you, that you can cleanse us and make us whole. Lord, I do pray for wives. I pray for wives with husbands who obey, husbands that allow them to obey, that they will find it a joy to submit and to be joyous in that submission. 
Lord, I pray for women who are in physical danger, that you would deliver them out of that danger. Lord, if you have to use us, then we're willing, but God, that, that we would help rescue people, especially women who are vulnerable and in danger of, of bodily harm or even death. And that, God, you would, you would help them, bless them, help them escape uh, that. Lord, we, we thank you in Jesus' name for your gracious help. And we just ask now, in this moment, we're just going to be quiet. I'm just going to let you pray there in your seat. But please, if you've made a, a, a decision and you need to talk to somebody about it, I'll be hanging out after church. Please, I'll either be in the lobby or down here at the front. I'm going to go out there, but I'll, I will meet with you and talk to you and try to help you as best I can. Lord God, give us your grace and your help. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you have a, a joyous and happy Mother's Day today. Enjoy the afternoon and this evening. God bless you.